Once a person has received God's gift of salvation, the Holy Spirit provides them with everything they need to walk in obedience to Jesus. However, obeying Jesus doesn't just happen automatically. It must be learned. That's why Jesus instructs us in Matthew 28, 20 to teach disciples to obey. In today's episode, we'll be encouraged to develop our own walk with Christ and to promote spiritual growth in the lives of others. So let's get started. Spiritual maturity depends on two things, spiritual birth and spiritual growth. Rebirth, or being born again, are terms the Bible sometimes uses when referring to a person's salvation. For example, 1 Peter 1.23 says, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring Word of God. John 3.6 says, Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to spirit. The word picture of a person being born again, spiritually, is similar to the physical birth of a baby. In the same way that parents want to see their children grow and flourish to reach their full potential, God wants His children to grow to reach their full potential in Christ Jesus. Of course, both physical and spiritual maturity is a process. In a physical sense, we begin nourishing a newborn baby with milk until they're ready to receive soft foods and eventually graduate to solid food. We also wouldn't expect a baby to be able to run before they first learn to crawl or walk. In a spiritual sense, God doesn't expect instant maturity from a new believer or a babe in Christ. A person's faith is nurtured and developed over time. What God does expect is for us to demonstrate progress in the process of spiritual maturity. 2 Peter 3.18 instructs us to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Jesus didn't sacrifice his life to save us so we would remain mere infants. He wants us to grow and mature in our relationship with him. Think about it. It would be physically dangerous to begin feeding a newborn milk and continue to only feed them milk through adulthood. They would fail to thrive. In the same way, it is spiritually dangerous for a newborn Christian to continue to be bottle-fed elementary truths by others rather than begin to nurture themselves on the Word of God and to increasingly put into practice its truths for themselves. Hebrews 5, 13-14 puts it this way, Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. The next verse, Hebrews 6, 1, says this, Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. As a believer continually nourishes their faith through the Word of God, they are training themselves to distinguish those things that are godly from those things that are not. And in doing so, they're promoting personal spiritual maturity. Colossians 2, 6, and 7 says, Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith. Did you notice the words that describe spiritual maturity in that verse? Rooted, built up, strengthened in faith. Now look with me at Colossians 2, 8. It says, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy and empty deceit, which depends on human tradition, according to the elementary spirits of this world, 
rather than on Christ. The first words of this verse reveal the personal responsibility we have for our spiritual growth. It says, see to it. You know, I hope you're fortunate enough to have people in your life who will nurture and encourage you in your faith. Yet, even with such encouragement, other people cannot develop faith for you. Only you can do that. So what happens to people who fail to mature in their walk with Christ Jesus? Well, verse 8 tells us, They are taken captive through hollow and deceptive philosophies, an empty deceit that is based on the world's standards rather than on Christ. I often hear news reports of people who have become victims of some type of fraud. Why? Because in the moment, they couldn't perceive or discern truth. If we're not intentional in growing in our knowledge and application of God's Word, we could easily become victims of the fraudulent lies of the enemy. That's why Colossians 2.8 tells us to see to it. In other words, take personal responsibility so you will not be deceived by the world's standards. Spiritual growth occurs as we work out what God has instilled in us through salvation. In other words, spiritual growth requires a consistent, personal response to the Holy Spirit's work within us. Philippians 2, 12-13 says this, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill His good purpose. When you first look at this verse, it appears to contradict itself by initially telling us to work out our salvation and then telling us that it is God who does the work. Spiritual work in the life of a believer is counterintuitive to a human perspective of work, where you roll up your sleeves and strive in your own strength to accomplish a task. God's work in the human mind and heart is supernatural. It can't be accomplished by mere human effort. The work God asks us to do is to fully cooperate with Him by yielding to His control by coming under His authority, by surrendering to the transforming work and spiritual growth He wants to accomplish in our lives. Did I mention that it's counterintuitive? This series is going to train you to view life from God's perspective and to grow in practical ways in your spiritual walk. It will also teach you how to promote spiritual growth in the lives of others. Since we can only take others as far as we've gone ourselves, we should first and foremost be developing our own spiritual maturity. That said, keep in mind that even a child who has learned to ride a bike can train other people to ride. In other words, a child doesn't have to wait until they've reached full maturity to help others learn skills that they themselves are putting into practice. In the same way, believers, even young believers in the faith, can teach others to walk in the same biblical principles that they have learned and are putting in practice for themselves. So let's discuss this point further to consider how each of us can intentionally promote spiritual growth in the lives of others. Let's begin by looking at Matthew 28, 18-20, where Jesus was instructing His disciples to make disciples. It says this, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely, I'm with you always, to the very end of the age. In previous episodes, we've talked about God's role for us in making disciples and baptism. In the remaining episodes, 
We're going to learn how to grow in our personal walk with Jesus through obeying His commands and how to train others to faithfully do the same. The truth that Jesus wants to use you and me to teach other believers to obey all of His commands should motivate us, shouldn't it? To continually develop a deeper personal relationship with Him. So when we begin to consider obeying all of God's commands, it seems like a lot. That's why it's important to keep in mind the Bible passage I just read. It shows us that discipleship is a process and reminds us that God will be with us every step of the way. These are important truths for us and for others. In making disciples, we want to be careful to avoid complicating obedience or making it appear daunting. If believers become overwhelmed by the thought of obeying all God's commands, they may delay their spiritual growth and fail to experience true victory and freedom in Christ. Walking in obedience to Jesus is merely taking one step at a time toward trust and reliance on God's Word and His enabling Spirit. In making disciples, our role is to promote spiritual growth in other believers by helping them to recognize the next step of obedience and to just encourage them to take it. I'm going to take this point further just to give you a small taste of what we're going to be learning in future episodes. In order to promote spiritual growth in others, it's valuable to help them to distinguish those things that hinder spiritual growth from those things that promote it. I'll use the previous passage from Matthew 28, 18-20 and an analogy to show you what I mean. Let's say I have a friend who's a physician's assistant. During her training, she studied and put into practice everything she learned. She now works for a doctor, promoting physical wellness with his patients. Now let's pretend for a moment that you have become a physician's assistant, in a spiritual sense, working for the great physician, the Lord Jesus. In much the same way that my friend recognizes her role as an assistant to the physician, we too need to humbly recognize our role as merely an assistant by operating under the authority and supervision of Christ Jesus, allowing Him to arrange our schedule and to appoint to us those people He wants us to influence. For us to influence a person spiritually is similar to the way my friend would influence a patient physically. For example, the physician's assistant will take a person's vital signs and other things that are essential to physical health, such as blood pressure and temperature, and then they'll evaluate their symptoms to assess their physical condition. By using standard medical practices, the assistant can then determine the cause of the physical problem and provide methods to promote physical health. In a similar way, you and I can learn to take a person's spiritual vital signs, those things essential to spiritual wellness, such as personal teachability, surrender, and abiding, and evaluate their symptoms to assess their spiritual condition. By using the standard of God's Word, you and I can determine the cause of the spiritual issue and promote ways to achieve spiritual wellness. Keep in mind that a physician's assistant can only offer help. They can't make someone become physically healthy. Just like we can only promote spiritual growth in others, we can't make a person walk in obedience to Christ. If you review Matthew 28, 18-20, you'll see that God gives us His authority and asks us to teach others to obey everything He commands. Then, He tells us that He will be with us every step of the way. That means that as we make disciples, we're to operate under God's authority and in the control of His Holy Spirit. We're to teach others as He leads and guides using His methods. 
We're to be aware of his constant presence and fully reliant on him for all things. Then we're to rest in knowing that the work in each person's life is actually God's. We are only his assistant. So where does this episode find you? Do you need to become more resolved to grow in your personal relationship with Jesus? Is the Holy Spirit prompting you to become increasingly equipped to promote spiritual growth in the lives of others? And the most important question, what is the next practical step you will take to walk in greater obedience to the Lord? If you haven't already, make a strategic plan to listen to the podcast in this series and study the scripture passages provided. Then download each lesson application and begin practicing the biblical principles presented. If you would like additional resources, Carla's book, Making Disciples, is available on her website at carlamclachlan.com. That's C-A-R-L-A-M-A-C-L-A-C-H-L-A-N.com.